Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly. When I scheduled this uh, program today, I was thinking to uh, one of the recent stories in the news and one of our famous celebrities. In fact, maybe one of the more famous where this was a really uh, a heightened thing and I think think brought awareness to Alzheimer's. I'm thinking of uh, musician Glenn Campbell and TV personality um, and of course, uh, you know, suffered um, greatly actually from uh, Alzheimer's at the end of his life. So it was interesting when Catholic Charities called me uh, very recently to talk a little bit about the Western New York Alzheimer's Caregiver Partnership. So joining us to do that today is Anne-Marie Detterell. Anne-Marie, welcome to the program. Thank you, Greg. Uh, what do you do for the for the partnership? I'm the regional director for the uh, partnership from Catholic Charities. Okay, great. And also joining us is Heidi Billetier and uh, uh, also with the partnership, working primarily with volunteers, right? That's correct, yes. Okay, all right. Uh, Alzheimer's is um, one of those things, I think, that we hear about all the time and <laughs> – I'm not really sure anybody knows what it actually is until you start to to go through it. Um, people think, for example, uh, it's interchangeable with dementia. That's not the case. That's correct, right? Greg. Okay. That's not that, – you know, the, the question that comes up most often to me is what's the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia as if they were two different things? But the reality is is that – Dementia is not the disease. Dementia is the consequence of a disease. Like pneumonia causes coughing. Coughing isn't the disease. It's the consequence. So there are many different diseases and conditions that can change the way your brain functions. Alzheimer's happens to be one of them. And it's the most common dementia in people who are 70 years and older. Okay. Uh, So explain to folks just to to kind of – Make it easy so everybody's on the same page. What Alzheimer's actually is? So Alzheimer's disease is caused by what's called amyloid plaque. We all have amyloid plaque in our brains, but for some reason, and researchers are still trying to figure out why, in some people it's like a switch gets flipped and the brain starts producing toxic levels of this sticky amyloid plaque. Its one and only job is to kill brain cells. And we have a finite number of brain cells. Um, I like to call it breaking bridges down so that The bridges between the cells that pass information and gather information, pass memory and gather memory, those things are destroyed. And that's why we see people's memory changing. Okay. Um, So almost in some ways um, the opposite of a a cancer where it's something that's not in the body already that that suddenly starts to grow, it kind of – you know, affects the body from within. It's something we all naturally have. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the Alzheimer's Caregiver Partnership, um, I, again, I think it's one of, those, one of those things when you get this diagnosis, um, and I'm thinking particularly maybe of, of family members, maybe not necessarily the individual themselves mm-hmm. who, who's suffering from Alzheimer's. Um, boy, I, I, 
at least my reaction because we we've had this in my family um it's almost like a cancer diagnosis i mean people really kind of get upset and they don't really know how to handle it right it's so it's so difficult for caregivers and you know for every person who is diagnosed or suspected of needing a diagnosis there are at least 10 people around them who are personally affected by this disease and condition it takes that great of a toll on families, friends, and, and caregivers around the person with dementia. It really, it really becomes something that is all-consuming for so many people. You know, as you say, like any kind of disease can be for caregivers, but this one, um, it just seems to, it just seems to take such a huge weight, um, you know, on the caregivers because you're taking care of someone who still looks like the person you've loved, um, but they aren't that same person anymore. They're changing, and it's really difficult. Um, just on that, no, I mean, and again, I, I know I was asking about the partnership, but let me just follow up on that for a minute. Um, because one thing people need to understand, right, is that um, when someone has Alzheimer's, they are really not themselves, right? That's, I mean, they don't have any control no, over that. No, that's exactly it's not, right. You know, so their behaviors and stuff, I mean... You can't you, talk you, them out of yeah, it. Yeah, you say yeah. things like, I wasn't myself. They're really not themselves. No, yeah. And and so that's, you know, one. that's one. There are many uh, things to learn as, as you go through the process, uh, as I did in my own family too, Greg. I, you know, we had to deal with this in my own family. If I only knew then what I know now, right? We all say that. Yeah. But the the reality is is that you can't talk a person out of brain damage. Yeah. So correcting someone over and over again, Mom, I just told you that, or Dad, you can't drive anymore, that doesn't correct their brain damage. It only scares them, makes them angry, um, makes them suspicious of you, and makes behaviors worse. There are lots of really good tips on our website, certainly, that help caregivers, but the Alzheimer's Association also has a lot of great Caregiver tips. Uh, yes, and uh, let's uh, point people that direction. Now, of course, um, whenever we have Catholic Charities uh, folks in or, or programs that work with Catholic Charities, if you go to ccwny.org, they have all of the information there. The website specifically for the Caregiver Partnership, though? Is WNY, like Western New York, ACP, Alzheimer's Caregiver Partnership. So it's WNYACP.org. Uh, would you like to give a phone number? Would you rather people go to the website? What's well, the? It's easy for the phone okay. number, but if you're a caregiver and you need assistance, we use the 800 number for New York Connect. So it's 1-800-342-9871. Okay, very good. Anne-Marie Dederel is the Alzheimer's Caregiver Services Regional Director. Also joining us is Heidi Billetier, the Volunteer Coordinator. Heidi, I haven't forgotten about you. We're going to get to get to your end. Anne-Marie, <laughs> okay. let me go back to that question I asked you about five minutes ago. So tell us what the partnership is. Okay. What is the Western New York Alzheimer's Caregiver Okay. So um, the New York State Department of Health has, in 2016, issued a $25 million grant through the whole state of New York. Our partnership um, has $1.5 million per year for five years. We consist of Catholic Charities. We are the primary contractor. And then the seven county offices for the aging and the Alzheimer's Association. That's our partnership. Okay. Very good. Um, and this is a good point to bring up. So, uh, Heidi, as a volunteer coordinator, I'm assuming as part of this program, you have a need for volunteers. We do. We really <laughs> okay. have a need for volunteers. Yes. 
Um, so volunteers help us provide those supports and services that Anne Marie was talking about. We rely heavily on volunteers, and so I'm always reaching out to the various communities and and looking for people who are interested in spending a little bit of time and are willing to join us for some training and will feel comfortable joining us in providing those services and supports. I, let me just ask uh, for a minute because um, I, I think about this in terms of, of what you said about the partnership and about um, just the disease itself. Um, once you're diagnosed, and I know there's there's new treatments and things all the time, um, as far as uh, professional caregivers Sad to say, there's not a lot that can be done, right? Well, yes and no. Okay. I mean, we know that there's not a cure at this point. Right. However, are there things that we all can be doing as caregivers and as friends and as family members? Absolutely. Yeah. Anne Marie's great, has a wonderful presentation about all of the things that we can be doing for our friends and our family members and for those we are caring for. There are challenges that we can help them through. We can talk about playing various games and exercising the brain in all these various ways. So we hate to think of it as a hopeless thing, but rather a huge challenge. And when and we, we meet those challenges. What should people be looking for? So uh, someone, maybe a parent, maybe themselves, a family member, it could be anyone. Um, because it does affect an entire family. It affects an, kind of an entire community. Um, once, once we've reached that diagnosis, what are the things that someone should be looking for in terms of professional care? So <clears throat> I think, you know, there are lots of different things. And, and what, what you have to be willing to do or at least understand as a family, as, as a you know, community, is that people need changing levels of care. You want to encourage independence. You know, you and I, have, we, we have different kinds of abilities and memories based on, um, you know, functions. So, for example, you know how to use a spoon. You know how to eat ice cream without having to think back to the first time someone told you to use a spoon. That's a, an actionable memory, something that happens. If you don't practice that, if a person who has a dementia, like Alzheimer's, doesn't practice using a spoon, they lose that ability. People have a tendency to think, when I'm caregiving, I have to do everything for them all the time, when in reality, we should encourage people's independence. That also protects their dignity as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you already mentioned a little bit, there are some don'ts, right? There oh, are some sure. things that you don't, sure. like you say, correcting people over and over and, uh, sure. you know, and, and I understand, um, again, having, you know, having seen it in my own family, it's hard to do. It's hard sure. kind of not to lose your cool. Oh, sure. Right? It's very difficult. It, you know, it's, it's one of the hardest things that uh, anyone will do is to be a caregiver for anyone with a chronic illness. It's, it's taxing, you know, which is why it's so important. This grant is so important because it's a caregiver grant. It's to provide support and services so that caregivers can go on. I, I mean, I think a perfect example, Greg, is in Wyoming County, we have a gentleman who cares for his wife 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. She has very severe needs, very heavy needs. And all he wants is five days a year to go fishing with his buddies. And the grant can provide a professional caregiver for her 
in the home so that he can go away and feel good about she's being cared for well and he gets that one break he needs so that then he can continue to do care all year round. That's huge. Uh, you know what? I want to follow up on that, and uh, you know, I want to talk about those kinds of things. That's one of the great things about this program. It's not just in, and we really try to to highlight this with with Catholic charities because we always talk about all eight counties of Western New York. We're trying to serve all corners of our diocese and our community, and we're doing that through this program, right? Right, exactly. So we do serve seven of the eight counties of Western New York through our grant, and that would be all counties, um, not including Orleans, and Orleans is part of another region. So yes, we are also then looking for volunteers in those areas as well because we want to be able to provide services in those rural areas that you described because they're as, as important as... Erie and all of the other counties that are maybe a little larger and in the, more in the forefront of our minds. I'm Greg Prince. Thank you for joining us on Western New York Catholic Weekly this week. And a topic I think today that affects many people um, and, uh, you know, I'd be surprised if, if we don't hear from a lot of people that have that have gone through this in their family or just beginning to go through it, Alzheimer's. And Catholic Charities, as usual, is kind of on the forefront in terms of, of care and connecting people with the help they need in terms of Alzheimer's care. Uh, the, the specific thing we're talking about is the Western New York Alzheimer's Caregiver Partnership. And uh, the website for that is WNYACP.org. And of course, if you go to ccwny.org, anytime we talk about Catholic Charities, all of that material is listed on their website as well. Uh, but Heidi, again, we, we kind of finished off talking about volunteers, and uh, Anne-Marie told us some of, the, some of the things people should look for professionally. So how can people help? What kind of volunteers are you looking for? What kind of volunteers? What we're looking for is pretty much anyone who is willing to spend some time, is compassionate, willing to understand what a caregiver goes through, and will make a commitment and stick with us. The beauty of our grant, actually, and the opportunities to volunteer is that we have so many different opportunities, whether someone is available a little bit, maybe a, an hour a month, or if they're available a couple hours a week, we can customize the opportunity to fit them. And that's what we strive to do, really. We want the experience to be rewarding for the volunteer as well as the care receiver. And in that, they provide the support to the caregiver. So it really is a matter of putting things together, learning what the volunteer wants to do, fitting them together with an opportunity that makes sense and training, and off they go. Uh, do you need any kind of particular experience? What, what are you looking for in people? So we may have some volunteers who have been caregivers, yeah. and that's nice in the way that they've had the experience and they have some firsthand knowledge. On the other hand, we also have volunteers who have not yet been caregivers, but someday might be. And the beauty, again, of this grant is that in our partnership, we have training resources through the Alzheimer's Association. So there are trainings that can bring people up to speed so that they don't have to hesitate, they don't have to feel that they aren't prepared to go into a situation, we are make, we're going to make sure that the volunteers are prepared and they feel comfortable in whatever role they choose as a volunteer. Yeah, you're not going to throw some people 
into the deep end. Absolutely you know, not. Any kind of training, no. and, and you're going to be working with a. We're right there with the, the whole professional time. caregivers. We have as a well, great right? team. We will well, be there to support the volunteers. Talk about the the joint enrichment too, Heidi, and the memory care phase. Those are really neat. They are neat. So this is nice. This is an opportunity for both the caregiver and the care receiver to participate in in some type of activity or event that has absolutely nothing to do with the disease. So the goal is to bring them back together and to nurture that re- that relationship because often, as you can imagine, the relationship becomes all about the care, the doctor's appointments, the medications, and all of those extraneous things, and we lose that that relationship that is so important. So the goal is to keep nurturing the relationships together through um, a memory cafe, which would include some type of music because we know that music is very important to all people, including individuals who are living with dementia, and then also a joint enrichment opportunity that we offer through the grant as well. And that could be pretty much anything from a – I think that one of our – uh, sites in, again, Wyoming County rented out a movie theater and played White Christmas and invited caregivers and care receivers to come, and there were volunteers there to support. So volunteers might be part of that type of an event as well, just to kind of help bring people back together again. The grant paid for all of it, yeah. including the popcorn. Yeah, the popcorn. <laughs> popcorn. <laughs> well, you know, I I think that's one of those things that gets lost, particularly with a disease like Alzheimer's, because the caregivers, and in many cases that's family members, um, they're out of ideas, right? Sure. And they, they can't – it's like they just can't get into a routine that, that's, that doesn't involve, you know well, – because things change like from say, hour to hour. focusing on the disease. And, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. But, you know, from the from the point of volunteers, how great. I mean, do you play guitar? Well, come play guitar for us. Yeah. You know, do you, do you like to go to Shays and go to a theater for free and meet some new people? You can do that too. You know, as well as, you know, do you play Scrabble? Do you like to pl- do puzzles? You know, give a caregiver a break. Go spend a couple hours with someone who could really use a new friend and a new friendly face, someone who's upbeat and happy. And let the caregiver take a break. So, so Heidi, how does it work if somebody, uh, first of all, how do they get in touch with you? And then what's the process so they can maybe learn more? And then, uh, you know, what can they expect after they contact? Okay. So I would suggest uh, starting with a phone call. Just give me a call. I'm happy to talk. My telephone number is 896-6388. And I'm at extension 213. And after a short conversation, what I'll probably do is send an application, and when the application comes back, we then set up our trainings and we go from there. A lot of the process is sort of dependent on what type of role the volunteer is going to play. So there are different trainings for different roles. For example, if someone's going to facilitate a support group, they would need a specific training in order to be able to do that. If someone was going to be an in-home companion, they would need a specific training in order to be able to do that as well. And we make it as as easy as possible. As I said before, we have a really nice team, and we make the process fun and as comprehensive as possible. So start with a phone call and we can go from there. I I would imagine one of the things that your team is good at is kind of picking out what they think your volunteers are going to be good at. 
right? Is that part of the I think that's process? part of the training process is, yeah. at, you know, when you're having yeah. a conversation with someone, you're getting to know them, little bits of information start to surface and you get to, fig, you know, you, together you kind of figure out where they would best fit. So it's a collective effort, certainly. Well, and I would think on the other side, too. So you've got a, you got a group of volunteers, um, uh, and I'm, I'm not necessarily thinking of maybe first-time new volunteers, but you got a bunch of people to work with. I would imagine that kind of discernment process is true on the other side, too, where then, okay, you've got to look at the caregivers who are coming to you That's asking right. for help sure. and decide what's, what's a fit? what's a good yeah. fit. So let me let me ask the same thing I guess from from that side. Um, if you're working with a caregiver, what can they expect on their end? Well, I you know I think again for caregivers as they you know if they call New York Connects and they and they get begin the process of of uh, getting into the system to get help. That's part of that intake, that what we call a care consultation. What is exactly what does this caregiver need? And sometimes, not until you start having that conversation, do you realize the depth of the need. Sometimes people make a call thinking, gee, if I could just get meals on wheels in the house, that's all she needs. But the more we talk to caregivers and ask them, what do you need? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. What do you need? Then we get in a little deeper, and then we can – you know, really start directing them and helping them in ways um, that they never even knew were existed. What's the response from your volunteers? Tell me what they think about the program. So far, um, they're enjoying it. And I think what, I, what I'm hearing is that they want to be more involved and more opportunities. Most of them are really willing to sort of jump in with two feet and so we're making an effort to get them connected so that they are busy as, as busy as they want to be. And we're also being creative with them so that we don't necessarily lock our volunteers into one opportunity. We can always sort of talk them into trying something different <laughs> as well depending on the sure. need. And again, because they are volunteers and they are flexible and they, um, they're really quite a unique group of people, they're usually willing to do that. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, now, one of the one of the things, and uh, we don't have a lot of time left, but I but I want to bring up because um, you know Catholic Charities is a pretty f- wide reaching organization, not just in terms of the that's right. the, the the geographic area, but in terms of the services that they provide. Um, I would imagine there's a lot of other components at Catholic Charities that maybe people can take advantage of um, in terms of similar services, etc. So I can speak to the older adult services and the older adult services umbrella is what the grant is actually underneath. And our services also include we have an on-site adult day program, a social day program. Terrific opportunity, again, for caregivers. If their loved one might be interested in spending a day with our program, that might include um, a a variety of activities, a fresh home-cooked meal, Lots of very caring and attentive staff to supervise. That's an option. We also have comprehensive care. Comprehensive care is case management for older adults, and they go out into the community, so they go to you. And we have a foster grandparent program as well, and that's pairing older adults together with children in the classroom who might need a little bit of extra help. 
And am I forgetting any other programs that we have in our building? <laughs> I, I, I think that's think And then that's well, there's it. Project Hope. They're outside of our Project building. Project Hope, right. Yeah. And very much like comprehensive care, but specific for individuals who have a mental health diagnosis. Yeah, we have talked about Project Hope on this program right. before. And, of course, it's all at ccwny.org. So right. go to the <laughs> Catholic Charities website. No, really, all the information is there for all of the things we talked about and all the services that they provide. I did want to ask you about the, this faith-based respite yes. program. Faith-based respite. So we have several that are currently um, happening around uh, Western New York, and one is in Wyoming County, um, Valley Chapel. We have one in Cattaraugus County at Christ United Methodist. We have one in Genesee County, Indian Falls United Methodist Church. We have one in Allegheny County coming soon. We have several others, one in Erie County. And one more, we are starting. I think. Uh, I think another in Genesee. Another in Genesee. Okay. But we are getting there, and these are opportunities again for caregivers to drop off their loved ones for free. It's free. <laughs> it's uh, the volunteers are trained. It's a beautiful day. Again, food, entertainment, supervision. Take a break. Well, again, I would encourage people to visit either uh, the Catholic Charities website at ccwny.org or or the uh, website for the Western New York Alzheimer's Caregiver Partnership, which is wnyacp.org. And uh, they're also on Facebook, which I did, which I'm just seeing. I hadn't caught that before, so that's great. So if you search on Facebook, you'll be able to find it that way. And uh, Anne-Marie Detterell and Katie Billet, Heidi Billetier. I don't know why I'm fa- you look like a <laughs> Katie to me, I guess. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, so any, Heidi Billetier, uh, the volunteer coordinator, have been our guests today. Uh, thank you so much thank for you. coming in and spending Thanks some time with us, us today. Thank you. Uh, as long as people call you, I suppose, Heidi, Katie, right? Call me whatever you want. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Uh, and, of course, uh, if you're looking for more information, uh, uh, we usually put links on our uh, site as well at buffalodiocese.org, and you can uh, find all of our podcasts there uh, under the News and Media tab or at wnycatholic.org slash radio. I'm Greg Prince. I'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org. 